And welcome to your weekend episode, episode 108 of the Sports Yak. Oh, you mean the Orville Overall episode. I'm sorry? Orville Overall. Is that a professional wrestler? No, no. <laughs> Former pitcher for the Chicago Cubs back in the early 1900s. He won 108 career games in his seven-game career. He was the ace of the staff in 1907 when he went 23-7. and 108 and 71 in his career, 2.26 ERA. A brief career because he had to take over his father's citrus farm in California, sold it, and became a bank vice president. What's his name? Orville Overall. Now, if the Cubs were smart, they would have sold overalls with his number on it. Blue overalls, a little bit of they red. They didn't have numbers back then. Oh, they didn't? No. So just the name, just a big O on the front or the back. Wow, okay. That's Chuck. I'm Corey. Let's jump into the NBA draft. Wow, what a night last night. A uh, lot of great suits. Boy, I, I love the hat that John Morant's dad had. I love the black suit with the spider web on the uh, shoulder. Oh, yeah. That was a good one. But John Morant's dad had the lid of the night with that The hat. lid of the night. <laughs> anyway, uh, no big surprises. Zion Williamson goes number one. Number two, John Morant from Murray State. He goes to Memphis, number three. R.J. Barrett goes to the Knicks. And as we told you on the yak, Kobe White goes number seven to the Bulls. Let's check the Kobe wow white meter right now. Wow. Wow. Wow, bro. Wow. I'm just, bro, it's such a, that's crazy, bro. Wow, that's so crazy. Wow, bro. That's great. I'm getting chills up here. He's excited. Wow. I'm excited. Wow. Wow. Bro. So, was there, was there anybody that you were actually uh surprised about with what you watched or what you read? Um no, Ro- Romeo Langford becomes a lottery pick. Celtics take him with the last pick of the lottery teams at number 14. Interesting that the Celtics really went Indiana heavy. You can see the Brad Stevens touch on this draft. They get Langford. They also trade and pick up Carson Edwards from Purdue. So the two big local names in the draft, Langford and Edwards, both wind up as Boston Celtics with Brad Stevens. Pistons went all Lion King on us. What's He's from Guinea. Uh, so has a French background, uh, big long wingspan guy. So, still some question marks about him, just as there are about Goga Batadza, the Pacers' first pick at number eighteen. Batadza from, as I pointed out last night on Twitter, he's from Georgia, not the university, but the country. His name was Goga, Goga Batadza. With yellow ribbons in his hair and a wingspan down to there. He's a seven-footer with a reported 7'3 wingspan and a 9'2 standing reach. Big, strong frame, about 250 pounds, moves well, light on his feet. Uh, The question on Goga is, can he defend anybody? Iggy's going out to the West Coast, to Sacramento. Iggy from Michigan, yeah, he's going to be a Sacramento king. Um I was a little bit surprised. You know, Manute Bowl's son was in the draft, and his name is Bowl Bowl. And I think he might have been the dude with the uh, the spider 
on his coat. He fell all the way to the second round, uh, drafted by the Denver Nuggets. I love a man with the two first names that are the exact same as the last name. At the All-Star game the other night, we had a Henry Henry. Yes. You got a bowl, bowl. I, I, I'm I'm going to push for a Chuck Chuck. You can, <laughs> but I'm, I'm not creating one. <laughs> no Chuck Chuck? No. Right. Um, then Devin Kennedy, the young man out of Marion, who had a lot of pre-draft looks, went around to a lot of teams, did not get drafted. My understanding is Devin is going to run with the Oklahoma City Thunder and play on their summer league team and hope to be able to earn a spot that way. Okay. Want to move into baseball? Let's, because uh, another young man making his major league debut last night, Adbert Alzale. Some of you may remember him during his time here as a South Bend Cub. The number one pitching prospect in the Cubs system, young man out of Venezuela, he did not disappoint last night. Four innings of shutout relief. His countryman, Wilson Contreras, really helping, guiding him through from behind the plate. And the Cubs get six in the third and rally to beat the Mets last night by a count of seven to four. So they survive a Tyler Chatwood start. It was only four innings. They knew they were going to need a lot of out, out of Alzale. He delivered. Now the question for Theo and Jed Hoyer and Joe Madden, how long do you keep him up with the parent team? Is he ready to be a major leaguer right now? He sure looked good against the Mets last night. Who's the young man we're waiting on that's in Iowa right now? Craig Kimbrell is the reliever for the currently for the Iowa Cubs. He'll make a second relief appearance tonight. I would expect he would probably be up with the parent team maybe Sunday or Monday. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, this this is the time frame that they were expecting to get him in there. And obviously that Cub bullpen needs some help, and they're hoping that Kimbrell can be the closer, which allows all the other pieces to shuffle back to their more natural spot. A lot of people were getting on Steve Ciszek because, oh, he's not closing, he's not doing... Well, that's not typically what his role is. Shout out to uh, big Yak fan Derek Lehman. At the Cubs game today, watching the Mets and then the Rolling Stones tonight at Soldier Field. Weather permitting. Yes. The the radar did not look good for a Stones at Soldier Field performance tonight. You don't cancel Mick Jagger, Chuck Freebie. God might. Yeah. And they play again on Tuesday, by the way. The Mets or the uh, Stones? The Stones, yeah. It's kind of a weird <laughs> schedule. Friday night and Tuesday night. That's a long recovery well, time. Well, when you're 100, I mean, <laughs> exactly. you need a little time to breathe. South Bend Cubs. South Bend Cubs fell in their second-half opener last night, 2-0 to Bowling Green. Of course, that gives you a chance to go see that Astros prospect that we talked about, Wander Flocka, and uh, he's going to be a a terrific player. Watched him a little bit in the All-Star game. He is so smooth defensively, so good defensively. So uh, fireworks Friday tonight, by the way, over at the corner of South and Taylor, if you want to go on up. College World Series, I felt like they went out to Omaha like four weeks ago. Does seem like this it's thing goes like, on a long time. Yeah, let's get it going here. Michigan plays Texas Tech today in a winner's bracket game. If the Wolverines win, they clinch a spot in the CWS final. If they don't, then they would have to play Texas Tech again to see which of those teams does get in the CWS final. But they're down to a final four now. Michigan and Vanderbilt are the two teams that have emerged unscathed so far. Louisville 
and Texas Tech each have one loss and have to get through this double elimination round. We're about to talk some football recruiting, but before that, one more headline, Women's World Cup Soccer. They beat Sweden yesterday 2-0. They have not given up a goal in the tournament so far. They have a showdown with Spain at 11 o'clock on Monday. Most people expect the U.S. to be heavily favored in that game. The team on their side of the bracket that they would meet in the quarterfinals, the possible showdown with France, is the one to really keep an eye on. From South Bend, Indiana, you know where that's at. I don't. It's Sports Yak with Corey Mann and Chuck Freeby. This is Jimmy Shorts. Not gone. Sports Yak! We are pleased to have yet another guest here on the Yak. It's Steve Wiltfong from 24-7 Sports. I got to meet Steve when he was up here toiling for the South Bend Tribune, and he has not forgotten the little people. So he joins us here on the show. How you doing, my man? Well, I'm great, and I'm from South Bend, so I love coming on in the Michigan area um, and the South Bend Tribune. It's still one of the greatest jobs I ever had. Well, we we miss having you, but we love getting the scoop on recruiting. So you, Mr. Mann, mm-hmm. asked me to get a recruiting guy on because you have questions. Fire away. Steve, thanks for being on the program. Uh, I've been a, a longtime college football fan, and living in South Bend, you kind of get a glimpse of recruiting a little bit if you're paying attention on the sidelines during a regular home game. and. I've always kind of wanted to know how a, a weekend unfolds for a star high school player. If you could you know, kind of walk me through. Let's say I'm a parent and I have a, a, a kid who's a prospect. How, how does that all work from beginning to end on a recruiting weekend? Well, it varies um, at different schools. And um, I would say the gist of a visit um, is – getting an opportunity to get on campus and get around the players in the locker room and seeing how you fit in with those guys. I think that's, that's always something that each program tries to sell is how happy their players are. So if your players are truly happy, it can be a great resource for you when they're bringing in prospects uh, to get them around those guys. And they can talk up your coaching staff and, and how they've been developed and, and how much they love being at that respective school. Um, and, and if they're not truly happy, it's, um, sometimes it can be a judgment. Um, so your culture is very big uh, within your college football program because your players are going to be very big in, in getting a young man to want to join, join the party. You're going to obviously get some opportunity to sit down with your lead recruiter and your potential position coach. Maybe you watch some film. Maybe they show you some plays from the season and, and say, hey, this is the same role we see you doing here. Um, uh, your skill set fits this. Uh, this is what we've done. This is what I've done at other places, and your skill set fits this. Uh, certainly you're going to tour the campus. Um, you're going to get an opportunity to meet with folks from the school of your major choice. Um, so, uh, if you're majoring in business, you, you hopefully meet the dean of business and you, and you get an opportunity to talk about that, talk about the uh, academic support that a university uh, provides. And obviously some schools are way better than that than others. Uh, Notre Dame graduates 90% of their players. 
there's schools that don't come anywhere close to that. Um, and uh, um, you get to go out at night with your player. You get a player host. You go out with them. There's a lot of great eating. <laughs> you, eat your ass, you eat your ass off on official visits. Um, and that's not just the recruits, but the coaches and, and everything. So if you have official visit weekends, if you have three of them in June, uh, it's going to be hard to keep your weight down if you're a coach. I mean, you're, I mean, you are eating. There's a lot of eating. Um, some schools do it different than others as far as the, uh, the theatrics of an official visit. Yeah, I was going to ask, what are some of the more unique parts that happen in a visit? Well, I, I mean, I think that some, like, for instance, Northwestern had a huge official visit weekend uh, at their place a couple weeks ago, which included a tour of the Under Armour store in Chicago. They're an Under Armour school like Notre Dame. And in there, all the jerseys, everything in there was switched out to Northwestern. Um, and all the jerseys that were on the mannequins were one player's number, their top target. Oh, wow. You know, you know or when you arrive at Oregon, and you have to get, get on an elevator to get up to their football facility. And when that door opens, you got the entire coaching staff there waiting to bro hug you. You know, you got a party atmosphere right when you get off the elevator um, at, at Oregon. Um, you, you know, and, and these kids go into their hotel rooms. I assume that they have a tr- bag of treats waiting for them. Um, the cookie cakes used to be huge, um, but. Um, each school has their own little wrinkle to make a make a young man feel uh, extra important because that's what you're doing. You're you know you're. I, I'm not even saying that college coaches like doing it, but it's it's the nature of the beast. They created it, and you're you're trying to get a young man to come play for you. Um, and and what's the point of evaluating this guy and saying he's our top target and then half-assing the recruiting? It, it, um, eventually, you got to de-recruit uh, some of these guys once they join your team, but uh, right now it's a lot of loving them up. Steve, how much of, uh, for example, South Bend uh, does the university pitch? Do they, they sell the town at all on the uh, on the player? I, I think that for Notre Dame specifically, it's more about the like-minded people in the locker room uh, is a big thing. You know, all these young men hopefully want to play in the NFL if they want to come to Notre Dame, and they hopefully want to play on the biggest stage in college football because it's still a team that's very much judged on wins and losses. But at the same time, it is a school that it's it's very hard to get into if you're just a regular student. They they have a great track record for graduating their football players, um, and, and so I think that. It's, it's a, a deal where Notre Dame's like, look, you're looking at schools A, B, C, and D. Which school do you feel like you fit in the best with the which, – which players on the roster are most like-minded to you? And sometimes they're recruiting against the fellow academic power, but a lot of times they aren't. Um, and then um, for Notre Dame, it's also, you know, obviously – the opportunity to play for a team that was in the playoff last year. I think that that's a big selling point for them. They were in a New Year's six, or, or excuse me, they won 
they uh, they won ten the year before. I'm kind of it's all starting to kind of run together for me. <laughs> they so they were in the playoff last year. I know they went four and eight, and then they won ten. Yeah, is that was that four was four and eight three years ago or? Yeah, hard to believe, but yeah. Okay, so so they went one double digit, and, and then they then they make the playoff. Um, they're they're going to be a top ten preseason team or somewhere in there again this year. So it's an opportunity to compete for a national championship and play against the national schedule. Uh, the Shamrock series, I think, is something that they point out. Um, uh, a chance to certainly be developed. Uh, if you look at the NFL draft, Notre Dame's having as much success as almost every program in college football. I think they point the Under Armour deal out. I think, I think there were times where Notre Dame maybe too often uh, sided with the, uh, hey, we're a big academic program where these young men are also football players, man. So let's highlight the exclusive let's, let's highlight our, our our great deal with under armor let's highlight we getting these guys drafted at all these positions and, right and uh, and uh, uh so i think that player development is something that notre dame's selling to and and uh um, coaches and who they've coached in the past and notre dame is 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 one of the top 10 programs in college football right now um you know brian kelly's coaching the title game he's coaching the playoff he's coached the new year six bowls and and uh um, there's a couple of schools having a little more success but but in the grand scheme of things you know notre dame is having um as much of success as damn near anyone in college football right now you know and i know this is a big recruiting weekend for them isn't it steve but and explain to me how june has suddenly become this this big-time recruiting time for college football because it didn't used to be this way. No, it didn't because there was a signing day in February, and that was the only one. Um, and now there's a signing day in December. And with that, um, I may be a little slightly off on why they did this. Um, I don't get into the weeds too much, but they moved up the official visit calendar to, co- to coincide with um, a, de- a December decision. And, and so the, the, now all these young men are getting on the road, getting on the road and going to see their top schools in uh, uh, the summer and making decisions before their senior year and then signing in, in December. So it's really made June uh, a very busy month for college football coaches. And, and they, they, they also hosted officials in April, and Notre Dame did as well. Uh, but June's gotten really busy because in addition to hosting official visitors, uh, it's a big camp month too, and you got kids coming on campus and, and and competing for scholarships. Not really, not only in the current rising senior class, but but younger kids are coming to camp too. And and Notre Dame and, and other programs are getting a chance to evaluate them and and, and start getting notes on on those guys. Um, uh, but the dead period's upon us after this weekend, and and, and no schools can host the recruit until one weekend in, in July, then it goes dead again until the start of these young men's senior years. So at least a little chance for the uh, the coaches to get a mental break before the season starts. Yeah, but they're compensated to work. True. And, and, their, and their salaries are going up. But, yeah, I, I think, though, Chuck, that they didn't need to move the visit calendar to coincide with the early signing day. That was – and maybe they didn't. That was just my impression of it. I thought that – you know, if Notre Dame has 18 commits and they're all solid and they're ready to sign in December, they just get to sign in December. They didn't need to change the visit the visit schedule because of that. Um, 
Well, I, I get the feeling they changed the visit schedule because it works better for them. It it shows off the campus when the campus is in all of its glory and looks the most beautiful, and they've got the time to spend paying attention to just recruits. No, you're, well, you're absolutely right in that regard that the early these early visits have really benefited the schools in the Midwest where they can bring a young man in on an official in Big Ten country or Notre Dame and they don't come in, in November, December, January uh, when when Mother Nature's pounding them with that white white snow. Hey, we've talked a lot about Notre Dame. Purdue seems to be making some great inroads in recruiting. Well, they had a top 25 class last year, and uh, um, they're off to a good start here in, in 2020 also. Um, Jeff Brom and his staff have created a lot of excitement. Uh with their program and the way they've played in his first two seasons, and it's resonated on the trail. And they got a hardworking staff, starts at the top, and they've gotten some guys that can really be difference makers uh, on offense, particularly at the skill position and receiver where they really needed to add athleticism. They haven't been very dynamic on offense other than Rondell Moore last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and now they got some guys around them that can be big play guys as well. And they've really added a lot of length and speed on defense in these first two cycles. So they're going to be counting on those young guys uh, this fall and beyond. So um, I think you're going to see a major infusion of the guys Coach Brom has recruited um, into this Purdue program to, for them, hopefully take it uh, beyond the six, seven wins they've had in his first two campaigns. Let's just touch a little bit on some other Big Ten schools. What about IU and Tom Allen? So they had their best recruiting class. Um, in 24-7 sports history, which goes back to 2010 last year. It was a top 40 class um, with, with an emphasis uh, at the point of attack on both sides. And, and so uh, um, it seems like they got some momentum uh, right now at IU. They hired a new offensive coordinator, which I think was big for them as they uh, try and get uh, more explosive and consistent on offense. Tom Allen's one of the best defensive minds in the Big Ten, and, and they seem to always have a good game plan uh, on that side for each of the games they play. And um, They've also recruited well in the secondary the last couple cycles. Um, so uh, it, it seems to be coming together well for IU. They just need a, they need a breakthrough year on the field now, year three for Tom Allen, two five and seven campaigns. Uh, I think that they've recruited uh, better than they have in, in recent years. Um, but but for them to get a chance to see that all the way through, I think that they they you know they need to have a big year this year. How's the civil war between Harbaugh and D'Antonio up in Michigan? Well, they don't really recruit much against each other, other than for a couple of uh, in-state guys. Which is um, surprising, don't you think? Well, Michigan State's always been more of a regional mm-hmm. uh, recruiting deal, um, and and uh, uh, Michigan obviously has a national brand. And that's not to say that Michigan State doesn't land guys from Georgia and, and Florida and Texas and Arizona and California because they do, but it's never like they're going head-to-head with Blue Bloods for those kids. They're, those are kids that maybe were glazed over a little bit that Michigan State evaluated well. They're an, evalu- they're an evaluate and developmental program for the most part, and, and, and they've done it as well as anyone under D'Antonio uh, where, um, you know, at Michigan um, they've – they had the number one class in the Big Ten last year, breaking Ohio State's streak um, 
of like eight years, although Ohio State pound for pound still had the better classics, had less commits. Um, but Michigan, um, they have a big recruiting weekend this weekend. They're number 25 in the ra- in our rankings at 24-7 sports. Notre Dame's number five right now, by the way. Uh, so um, their, their success the last two years is, is really resonating on the trail. And they got some difference makers uh, coming on offense and, and another uh, great offensive line class for Notre Dame. Um, and, 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 and really uh, back-to-back deep defensive line classes, too, as they're going to really need to replenish that defensive line room uh, following last year and this year. Um, Ohio State's number one in the Big Ten. It's one of the best classes in the country. Uh, it's been uh, – the standard remains the same, transitioning from Ryan Day – or transitioning from Urban Meyer to Ryan Day. Buckeyes have the biggest recruiting weekend in the country, uh, 15 official visitors. Uh, many of them highly, highly ranked and highly sought after coming to Columbus this weekend. So they'll be very busy. And then you know this area because you live here. Who are the hot high school players that people need to keep an eye on this season? Oh, man. So um, so there's a kid at Adams. Ira Armstead. Ira Armstead, who's incredibly athletic. He's raw. He's raw as a quarterback, but... He went to a, a camp this summer, uh, this spring uh, in Ohio, the opening regional. He ran four five five on the laser with a four two one shuttle, and a thirty five almost damn near thirty six inch vertical at six three two hundred pounds. So he's got some unique athleticism. I like uh, Virginia's chances to land him. They believe in him as a quarterback, so they'll give him time to to develop. Um, Deontay Craig from Culver Academy. Did you, did yeah. you see him at all, Chuck? Oh, yeah. Okay. so He's, he's a man. Very, he's interesting to me because they had some Division One basketball players on their team, right? Yeah. went to state. Yeah. But, but am I wrong for saying Deontay Craig at times was their best player? Absolutely. I mean, so he is – I mean, he does not have like that five-star size of a pass rusher, but he's just a – he just plays sports like a grown-ass man. And he's visiting Iowa this weekend. He's been to Tennessee. He's uh, been to IU. Um, he, he's, got, he's very interesting uh, for the next level just because of the kind of competitor he is. And he plays much bigger than his size. So those, those are guys uh, you know, that right away, um, when I think of Michiana in, in 2020, um, that, that stand out. Uh, obviously, the Paulus kid in 2021 ha- has gotten some offers uh, from Penn, um, including including Kentucky. Um, and, and then there's uh, the kid Rodney McGraw yep. over at Elkhart Central, who's starting to get some some major looks um, as well. His teammate, the running back there, is committed to Ball State in, in the 2020 class. Um, so those Michiana, those are the ones off the top of my head. All right, Corey. You got? Did you get all your questions answered? I got one more for Steve. Uh, Steve, does it matter what game these coaches bring the players into? Are they picking and choosing specific games that they would rather have their recruits at than other games? Well, certainly the uh, opportunity to go to a uh, night game against a high-profile opponent brings a different kind of energy in the crowd. I think that. I think that, though, oftentimes having a game weekend is not ideal for an official visitor because they don't get as much time with the coaching staff because they're trying to win a game. And then if the game doesn't go well, 
I mean, it, it impacts the way that the players certainly feel afterwards, right? And so if they lose a big game, I mean, how good of a host can they possibly be, you know? Um, and, and certainly a lot of times these, these recruits are put with young guys that maybe aren't playing a lot early on, uh, but it's guys that if, if you're an incoming recruit, you get stuck with a true freshman, you probably be with them for three years in college, so you want to build that report with them. But I think that there's been a lot of success where if you have Notre Dame, they kick USC's ass at night and the place is rocking and the guys are in a great mood in the locker room. The coaches are in a great mood. The stadium is, is going bananas. Uh, fans are recognizing these recruits before the game and showing them love. Come to Notre Dame. And that stuff all recruiting the game of inches and those inches add up um, for the win. And, and so um, there is a benefit. Uh, you don't want him coming to a, a, a 230 kick against a lousy opponent with a, a, a average atmosphere. Um, if you if you can get them in for a, a big game and, and you capitalize with the win, it, it's beneficial. So Bowling Green weekend might be a little quiet here. I mean, that's when you bring in young guys and they get to yeah. you know see the pageantry. I mean, you're still giving out tickets to recruits and still get to see the band and and uh i mean notre dame stadium always has a, a good atmosphere but there's times where it's better than others sure and and when you're recruiting blue chippers that are taking visits during the season and and you visit notre dame and it's bowling green and it's just a solid atmosphere and then they go and visit ohio state and it's the ohio state penn state game and the place is going berserk you know it there is a difference now that we've given people a taste of the Steve Wiltfawn experience, tell them where they can get more through 24-7 sports. Well, you said it. We're on 24-7 sports, and if you're a Notre Dame fan, we got a great team over there uh, on uh, Irish 247 with Tim Priester and Tom Loy, Jack Freeman, Kevin Sinclair. Um, we got uh, Peegs is with us on the uh, Indiana Network. Peegs, a long time home for your best information uh, uh, about the Indiana Hoosiers. And we have Boiler 247, an up-and-coming site, where I think we have a lot of good inside information on what Purdue's up to on the recruiting trail. Steve, we can't thank you enough. Appreciate you coming on with us. Gentlemen, thanks for having me on in the 574. Much love to y'all up there in South Bend, and take care. Man, great information there from Steve. Hopefully, I know you've been having these questions about recruiting for a while. And maybe it didn't get into the weeds all that much, but I think it gave you an idea of what happens on one of these visits. What always piques my curiosity is how do parents keep their kids with a level head mm. after this much attention is fawned on them? Because it's not, you know, you don't just go to Notre Dame. Lots of times they're going to Alabama and Clemson and and all this kind of attention is fawned upon these people. How do you keep people grounded through that? Yeah, because you're 17. Yeah. You're still in high school, you know, still wiping your nose. I think when uh, Steve was talking about the big games and just the, you know, the coaches are so busy, I think the big pitch would be if you win the game, it's like, look, we win big games. But if you lose the game, look, here's where we need you if you were to come to Notre Dame to help us win this game next time. But, you know, those weekends sound pretty busy. 
Um, well, that's fascinating. Uh, that's the strategy taken. Yeah. When you lose a game, you turn to those recruits and you say, "You could be the difference. You could put us over the top." Imagine what the state. You know it. It's pretty standard. Okay. Pop culture. It's a big weekend in pop culture because a big movie is coming out, one that you've been looking forward to for a long, long time. I love me some Toy Story. They're finally, they're saying they're wrapping it up. This is the fourth and final one. I bet you, when all said and done, this movie's going to be in the top ten top grossing movies of all time. I, I've got a feeling. You know, it's had some hype, but not not as much hype as a lot of movies that come out as your summer blockbuster, quote-unquote. I think the timing is perfect. I mean, if you look at what's ahead, you had a Spider-Man movie coming out. I don't th- I don't think there's any other real super big ones that are like, we have to see that. You get in that weird late July and August and stuff starts to thin out, and then November, December, you'll have some, you know, award-type movies, and then a couple blockbusters because they like to release them around Christmas time. we got to... Another Star Wars movie coming out. But I think the timing is right. I love me some Toy Story. I love me some Tom Hanks. Love him. Favorite Tom Hanks movie? I go back and forth. I could probably change every day. But right now, right when you said it, big. Okay. He was fantastic in that. Yeah, he was. Um, I mean, I think Forrest Gump is his tour de force. Yeah, I mean, that's, that, that is the... And the year Toy Story came out in 95, also Apollo 13, which is fantastic. Two back-to-back movies like that. I know you're a voice actor in one. You're a true actor in the other. But, but still, voice acting is not always the easiest because you're not necessarily in the room with the other actors. You don't have them to play off of. Yeah, you're in there by yourself. I think I heard him in an interview say, they've been working on this for three and a half years. Yeah, three and a half years ago they were doing the audio dialogue for what we're about to see. That's wild. Why? Forty-six sports classics tonight. By the way, we'll take you back to two thousand four when Jimtown won its state championship, taking on Brownsburg. Funny. Uh, not only is Randy shown the Jimtown coach, is he a new coach somewhere now? His son Derek is a coach at Concord now. So. People you see playing in this game, now coaching. Wow. Well, is that about it? That's all I've brought to the table today, my friends. I feel good about it. Uh, as always, you can email us, thesportsyak, with two Ks at gmail.com. Follow along on Twitter and Instagram. Chuck's got a little Twitter machine going. Pretty popular at 46 Sports. If people have been known to check in from time to time, if nothing else, because I think they like the birthday shout-outs. And speaking of shout-outs, uh, I'm trying to feverishly look up here for our Eric Kratz update, Stacy. <laughs> um, let's check in on the pride of the Yankees, or at least the Yankee farm system. He is a member of the Scranton-Wilkes-Barre Rail Riders. And, uh, well, I don't know if Eric is injured or just decided that enough is enough because it does not look like he has played since June the 20th, which, oh, wait, that was last night. Uh, he went 0 for 4. That's after uh, you go back to June 16th. Was that Father's Day? June 16th? I think it was. Well, it was this last weekend, yeah. Yeah. He had two homers and four RBI in a game at Durham. So, perhaps the Kratz machine is heating up. Or here's the career is about to take a Kratz. Excuse me? You heard me. Thanks.
Thanks for listening. Until next time, Yak fans. Ooga Luga. You've been listening to Sports Yak. All sports information. All that you've just been heard has been copywritten. Don't steal any of this stuff. This is Jimmy Shorts. That's good. Grown-ass man. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.